Good morning traders. I hope you guys are ready to get started on another morning right here with the number one morning pre-market prep show. I'm super excited to get into today's show. We got another great one for you. We're going to talk about what happened in Carnival. Man, we got to get into this conversation. Let's just say um, someone at Morgan Stanley is, is putting out some a note out there and we, we're going to talk all about it. NIO stock falling also on the Grizzly Research uh, report, short report on out there. So if you guys didn't see that, we got a great guest today, Christian Fomhertz, founder and CEO of Tribeca Trade Group. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on, FedEx, Shopify. We can even touch uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Looks like the CEO is leaving the company. We'll talk about those earnings also. Let's get into it. And like Joel said, the boys are back in town. No, the bears are back in town. At least that's what it seems like. We'll get into it with, of course, Joel Alcon and Dennis Dick. Hit the like button. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring on the traders, Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. I will have to go ahead and and, and give us a little bit. Why not? Copyrights, copy schmites. Who cares? Let's do this. Let's get it started with this. Good morning, traders on out there. Getting You're getting fined for that right for way. sure. <laughs> the fine's coming in for that one. There's a no, that's a no-doubter. I'll pay that one. Don't worry about it. Hit the it's thumbs like, on up. Do you know the algorithm for Google is already on that? Do you know that they've already? The, said oh yeah, something? oh yeah. They'll text you. You'll get an email within twenty minutes on that. The, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, Thin Lizzy. We talked about that on the close. It was Thin Lizzy. So uh, yeah, should I just tell Raz right now that the fine's coming? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Don't worry. Be like, all right, whatever. I, I heard Raz will pay for it. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh man, oh man, I tell you, folks. We dipped yesterday because there's nothing in there, and we're going back up this morning because there's nothing in there. We just had that. <laughs> no, well, you got this figured out. It wasn't a buy program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy programs take the market up, sell programs take the down. That's you know, pretty much the uh, truth. I, there's nothing in here. I wish I could give you some levels. We're up 12 and a half handles, 38.38. Crude is continuing to rebound off that hit from last week, up a buck 42 at 113.18. And uh, gold is up six bucks, 18.27. Silver, it's above, I tried to get above 21, up nine cents at 20.97. Bitcoin, I did see it in the 19 handle. Uh, but the unusual whale buyers came in and now it's off that low back into 20,000 handle down 90 bucks at 20,085 and Ethereum that's down 34 bucks at 11, 18.50. So let's bring in the best person to talk to on wall street while they're losing money. Ha, I don't know about <laughs> that one. <laughs> it's one of those days where while well, the markets is ripping, ripping, ripping here, the S and P's, but. Stocks are trying to follow now. If you would ask me 20 minutes ago when S&P went green, I was like, the only thing green on my screen is oil and a couple of banks. Now there's been some other stuff. Now you're starting to see a little catch-up trade here. Now my PL is actually starting to look better because of short spy and long stocks. And I'm like, I'm losing a lot of money right now being short spy and long stocks. That doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, but it has come in. My PL actually, I believe, just went green. It did, which I was heavy red. And I guess I should have added to it. Just short more stock, buy more stocks because a lot of these stocks come back. So it's interesting in the pre-market and the after hours, you know, how stuff can lag to a certain extent. But right now the stocks are playing a little bit of catch up. When I tweeted about 25 minutes ago, there was nothing hardly trading green. I saw As it, yeah. started going green. Now you're starting to see some stocks roll into the green. So I'd say it's like a Christmas tree now where it was all red. I got like 200 of the major S&P components and there was like oil was up. 
and a couple banks, and that was it. Now you're starting to see some stocks go green. So I'm seeing it's like 50-50 now, actually probably skewed more to the green side here now. So we definitely got a rally on our hands, but you got it right, Joel. I mean, the reason we're going down, the reason we're going up, there's nothing in here. Nothing in here, meaning there's just air. So we're going to bounce around. We're going to have a lot of chop. I predict that's going to be the case until the next CPI number. Cool. <clears throat> All right, Mitchie, what do you got for us? Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Uh, God, of course, uh, I already saw in the chat, Bill was on top of it. Yes, Morgan Stanley. Um, and before we get into at least Morgan Stanley, we could talk about what was the announcement before that one. The, right before that one, Barclay there initiating coverage on Carnival with overweight rating, announcing a price target of 14 this might have taken your eyes looking at Carnival, but then right after Morgan Stanley analyst here, Jamie uh, Rolo has remained cautious on the underweight rating on Carnival and then coming on in with the new slashing of the price target. Let me go ahead and put this as a banner down at the bottom so you guys can read that. Uh, definitely analysts slashing the price target to a new street low of $7 per share from 13 to reflect lower future uh, uh, fiscal year 2020 EBITDA guidance mirroring weaker than expected occupancies, weakened pricing, elevated unit costs, and higher fuel costs. He also went a little bit further than that. Just a, um, just a wee bit further. Just a, just a wee bit further there. Uh, and jumping on in here, also introducing a new bear case of zero in case a new major demand shock is materialized. And what does he mean by this? So he said, if the high yield market closes and if there is a demand shock that causes trip cancellation or weak booking, hence customer deposit outflows, liquidity could shrink. Even then, liquidity looks unsustainably high, we think, with net debt uh, remaining at $30 billion for the foreseeable future, nearly triple its pre-COVID level. So just reading between the lines, he's saying if we get another COVID wave, that wave might knock over those cruise ships into the into the abyss. Well, right before the pandemic, right, they had all these boats that they wanted to put out, right? And and they, they were doing a whole kind of, uh, they have, I think, three boats that Carnival was bringing out. And if you look at uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines, they also had a bunch of boats that were coming out. So I think it was just, it was as bad as timing as it could ever be for the pandemic in these companies. And now you're seeing it. I am going to actually jump in here and say I am one of those customers with deposit outflows. I do have credit on Royal Caribbean. Um, I did oh, not really? take my cruise. I, You're not going to go? I, I am going to go probably next year. But right now, you know, with all the moving around and all that, I canceled my cruise, took the credit, and now I'm just holding the credit. I have about one year to use that credit. But just kind of stating that this could be the similar thing that you're seeing out there. Uh, trip cancellations i i think it's just obviously there's it's a perfect storm they cannot have decreased demand now because we know the cost fuel costs are higher the debt costs are higher everything is there their costs are going to be up so what the analyst is basically saying is that the demand has to stay up and if for whatever reason for any reason the demand drops off the cruise ships could actually have a liquidity crisis here meaning they might not be able to pay their bills so at least he's saying that for Carnival. So, I mean, all the cruise ships are getting hit hard. We've said it. We've been talking about Carnival Cruise Lines, just saying, what are they pricing in here? Because we are back very near yeah. the 2020 lows when they weren't sailing. So now they're pricing in, like, basically another possibility of zero. And so the MS analyst is just stating the obvious here. This is a distinct possibility. I think we actually mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the show that there's a non-zero chance that this could go to zero. So meaning that it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. So I would agree with the analyst. It's a bold call to make. It's why the stock is trading down so much here today. You very, very, very seldom see an analyst come out with a bear case of zero on a stock. So it's going to get headlines. It's going to get press. I've seen it mentioned mm -hmm. twice already on CNBC. Yeah. It's the big loser of the day. Carnival Cruise Line is taking the other cruise lines with it. NCLH is down 4%. RCL, which I just so happen to be long overnight and getting killed on it, <laughs> down 3.69% as well. So, 
Um, not not a fun day to be along the cruise lines. Uh, you know, I mentioned Dana a lot, but Emily used to say um, instead of on purpose, she said she'd say by purpose. Do you think they, that Morgan guy did that by purpose just to, to just to sat the, the the BCS rating? Maybe. Maybe, maybe he doesn't possible. like he doesn't like the guy or something because well, I the Barclays mean, rating came out right after the bell, and that yep. Morgan Stanley paper came out later for sure. Yeah, yeah. might be. You sometimes yeah. see that they're like, "Oh yeah." You Jamie think was sitting at his desk and was like, this. "Watch yeah. this Sad. one. I got, <laughs> Watch I got one ready here. for you." You like them apples? How you like them apples? <laughs> uh, but um, first of all, if you were listening to Ben Zinger's pre-market prep show on Monday with mm-hmm. Tim Quast, the Quastinator. He, wow, he he talked he about it. this. He said there was a rally in this, and yeah. you know there was a, still a lot of short supply out there and not much demand. He said, and then I actually I did that as the stock of the day. And he said, if you're long it, you should you should think about taking profits. Now, of course, he didn't know what was going to go on. I'm not you know I'm not selling this thing down seventy seven cents, right? I mean that's a huge move. Uh, and I don't even think you have to rush out and buy it today, but I'm looking at that move. You had to move basically from what 870 to just under 11 bucks. You got to be right around the 50% retracement. I would say if it holds in here for a day or two, then, you know, maybe you could dip your toe in the water. I don't, I mean, this is a big move on the downside. So yeah. I'll let the dust settle, see if it can hold, you know, there's probably a daily low in this area too. Um, also, maybe some people that got caught in this, you know, this short here, or maybe that are still short that Tim talked about might try and bring it in. Uh, but these things, I mean, if we get another another wave, I mean, I wouldn't want to be owning these stocks. I'm, I'm not too worried about there's that. There's so many I mean, puns here. Yeah, the COVID wave, the big yeah. waves, yeah. the perfect storm. I, I mean, there's I a lot like of there's a lot of puns here. I didn't like cruises before the pandemic. Yeah, you except, never were. Yeah, me. except to Alaska, you got to take a cruise to Alaska. I want to do that. Yeah, but I'm just you know, and I bet you those you know those people lining up for those midnight buffets, you know, I. Felt like that's the best part pulling out a Weight Watchers card, you know, and giving that, it to them. I like the buffets too, but Joel, you know, you're like me, you eat that pizza and work out in the morning. Well, you know what's it. uh, what's Joel's working out? He's like the most fit 80 year old, yeah. yeah I, am. I didn't get in the pool today though, because it was it was 55 and a little bit rating. And you oh, can't wait. swim 55 in 55 in the morning, nah, 55 <laughs> that's pretty cool. The water would be warm though, but uh. <clears throat> Wow, Weight Watchers did seven bucks. Have you looked at that stock in a while, Dennis? But nobody's watching their weight anymore. Yeah. What wow. To watch your the Oprah one hundred and five. Yeah, where's Oprah? Oh yeah. my. Oh my. What a disaster! There's so many of these stocks, Joel, that are just disasters. I mean, this has got to be. And again, I, mean, I know the S and P's are down twenty percent, but. This has got to be one of the ugliest bear markets that took so long to become a bear market. I mean, Weight Watchers, and not that anybody was actually invested in Weight Watchers, I hope, but $105 a share 2018 is right back down to 7 bucks. I mean, there's massive, like, people keep thinking, there's a lot of bad stuff priced in. I don't know what Weight Watchers, wow. but I'm probably never buying a stock like that. But there is a pile of other stocks that just have been absolutely killed. I mean, you see Carvana yesterday? Like, bring up this one, and let's just go into it. I mean, CV- CVNA, when everybody had to own everything at any cost, when you know rampant stupidity was running around in 2021, $376 a share. That is less than a year ago. It's now $24. Its debt is yielding like 17 or 18%. At least that's what CNBC was saying. I don't confirm that because I'm not a debt trader. So if you, but I mean, if you got debt running at those rates, it's a good possibility that this stock is in trouble. And yeah. is there a possibility CVNA goes to zero? Absolutely. Is it going to go there for sure? Nobody knows anything. But I mean, you think twenty-four bucks? How can you go wrong? It was three hundred and seventy-six. It's gonna come back. If that stock, here's here's a lesson for everyone. A new lesson: if a stock goes to zero, you're when you buy it at twenty-four dollars and the stock goes to zero, you are just as as dumb as the person that bought it at three hundred and seventy-six dollars. You lost your entire investment. That's the fear 
of buying these stocks because we don't know which ones are zeros. And I'm going to promise you there are some bankruptcies coming. I don't know if it's Carnival Cruise Lines. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you they're not all going to pull a Revlon and go bankrupt and then rally 300%. That's not yeah, going to continue to happen. There is a lot of bankruptcies coming. And I don't know if it's Carvana. I don't know if it's whatever, Carmax, EVs KM, or SPACs KMX. or anything. But I'm telling you, some of them are going to zero. Some of them are going to zero. And if you're huh. buying these things, you know, like 90% setup. off the highs, <laughs> okay, what no. can you lose? Your entire investment. <laughs> Joel and I see some gold. I, I, wow, look at that. CarMax makes you want to go out here. Okay. Um, so, you know, a couple of <laughs> What are you weeks, looking at? What are you looking at? CarMax. CarMax. Yeah. That rejection of 100. Uh, yeah. Seeming, uh, look at those monthly lows. But Sal, Mortimer. Sal. <laughs> You know, opinion. a couple of weeks ago, I, I ripped up my Barons and I said I was going to cancel my subscription. Uh, yeah. Well, 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 I did it, and uh, I, what did I you got see on the cover. <laughs> well, this I I don't mention it anymore, but this was there the cover this weekend. Can you guys see it? I see it now. Yeah. What is it? Oh. Tower of Trouble. Oh, Carvana. now I'm now I'm bullish. You're turning <laughs> me bullish on Carvana. Yeah. Yeah. Barons yeah. always the car gets vending the bottom. Machines. Well, here is they always the sell the bottom. Yes. Baron sells the bottom, just like okay. Facebook. Baron's okay. likes to sell the bottom. So now I'm cautious. Uh -oh. Be careful with your Carvana. If Baron's is coming out, Joel gave and, the Baron and, bottom. The well, Baron bottom. They're good at calling the, the bottom. bottom. You see, they should be calling this the Baron bottom. You see, they should hire me, man. Yeah, well, this is, the, and I, but I like I, I I like go through it in like five minutes. Like I don't read the articles. It's like watching our show from like last week but um what they said is that they're selling cars but they're not getting the registration to people like there are people that are are buying the car and for whatever reason they're like this one person that i looked i actually read the caption under the picture and it said that um that they like three different times they tried to get a registration they couldn't get the registration they said that they just like gave the car back they couldn't get so that's bad if you're selling cars and you can't get the registration to them. So that I didn't read the whole article, but uh, anyways, that thing got killed. What about why is Carmax uh, still so high? Is that have a different business model? Do they? It's it's yeah, but I think Carmax actually makes money. Carmax actually has mm. you know, I, I, at least last time I looked at it, this isn't you know a stock trading you know on hope and dreams. This is a company that's been established for a very long time. Okay. So completely different animal here. I mean, go to the Benzinga Pro. Sometimes it's a good thing to look at the fundamentals and do our due diligence. Let's I don't do it. Do it Bring enough, it up, probably. Mitch. Do you have Bring it, it up. Right? Show it, Mitch, too, you. if you can, in the pro. Show how we do this. Yeah, you know, go to CarMax. Because I'm this is a company that makes money. Share screen here. Just big, big second. difference. Big, big difference when you got companies that burn cash and companies that make money. All so right, CarMax, yeah. bring it up. I got it in front of me, too. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's P's fifteen, Joel. Companies make made money for a long time. So yes, go to the calendar. Makes money slightly different. Yeah, yeah, but go to the calendar because this is this is what I like to do on the calendar. Okay, what do you want to see? Earnings? Um, it's just you can just look. You know, like you can look and you can see, you know, some green there. Right, yeah, you yeah. can see, you know, surprises. You could like you yeah, see green area. Okay, we're, we're kind yeah, of here. in some increases, and now uh, the CVNA. Let's go to it. <laughs> Wait, we'll look at the debt first on Caramax. So Caramax debt. Let's look. Hey, at we're the making debt. money. They ain't now. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, is there is a lot of debt in Caramax too, but long-term debt about seventeen point seven. Debt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Forward looking is uh, at least we have on pro at 15, industry average at 10. Interesting okay. to kind of keep watch. Um, we'll see what happens with CarMax. I think this is going to be one that at least, I mean, I, I look at this, at least that chart stood out to me like a short opportunity. I'll keep on watch to see if the relationship keeps coming down. But this I don't is think interesting. Easy setup here for me, and then I'll let you go. Dennis. I, I, go. I mean, go, go, right go. here, this is the monthlies. I mean, you know, that you got, you got, three, let's call it 85 bucks. You got to stay in the bull camp until it takes out 85. Three monthly lows right in that area. So that's where I'm at on CarMax. I, I think I'm laying off CarMax, period, because I think there's so much. I think, I think the Carvana story could even get uglier and it just might drag CarMax down with it. Not saying CarMax is going to go down, but it might bring the stock lower. So, 
Yeah, it's tough, man. There's there there is certain stocks that I am buying. Maybe Carmax go on a shopping list. Carvana's not going on the shopping list. I'll tell you that much, though. Not even close to going to be on the shopping list ever. So let's let's keep talking these stocks though, because yesterday was an ugly day. Um, I said I think the ARKK bottom is in. I said I think if we get a pullback mm. in the forty forty two range. Yeah, I you think, did. I think I, I said if we get a back, pullback into the 40-42 range, 50% retracement of the move, I'd be a buyer. So am I going to be a buyer? Because I didn't think it would come in one day. It was a little spooky. <laughs> got to hit it that hard. 35, let's do 50% retracement. 35 okay. to 46, 11 bucks. About 40 bucks. About $40 to give you a 50% retracement. I think ARKK could bounce a 40. So I do think, uh, I don't know long-term. I, again, like I said, I wouldn't buy ARKK long-term because I just don't like her investment strategies. But short term, I think it turned. I st- it did turn. Did it turn again yesterday? It was an ugly, ugly day for growth. So it might yeah. have. But forty to forty-two was where I was saying I'd be a buyer. We're coming in there. I think first time down to forty. I think ARKK bounces at forty. All right. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's see if uh, it gets. Let there. me let me give some comments here from Wood. Uh, just because we we've always been talking about how she's always been stating things. We should just call her Wood. Uh, Man, she- why have we never done that? <clears throat> We always call her Kathy, Aunt Kathy, you know. No, just Wood. We call, we call her lots of work. things. We never just called her Wood. That's just Wood. a good name. Like her last name I is just a good nickname. A good Wood. I like that. Let's get some comments from Wood. We were, we were wrong on one thing, and that was inflation being as sustained as it has been. Supply chains can't believe it's taken more than two years in the Russia invasion of Ukraine. Of course, we couldn't see that. Inflation has been a bigger problem, but it has set us up. For deflation, thought that uh, those comments were pretty interesting there. It mentioned yesterday on, of course, Swap Box. Um. <laughs> she says the same thing. You want to know, like, how confident she is? She's completely bag. She's bag holding so much stuff that she doesn't even trade anymore, Joel. I know. You might as well unsubscribe from the ARC transactions. She used to make, like, 50 trades, 8 trades. She makes, like, one trade a night, and it's, like, some small little trade. She doesn't have any, she doesn't make any trades anymore, even. I don't even know what she's doing anymore. What's she doing over there? I so, like how the chat's stating there, too. That she said that she was wrong on only one thing, only one. <laughs> what? What? What did she say? She said we were wrong on one thing, not like we were wrong on many things. We've only been wrong on that one thing. She only had one stock green. Tesla it was for the longest time, I believe. It's tough right now, man. Uh, she had like 35 positions. And somebody said she's down in 34 of them. I mean, that's says, uh, impressive. Also, innovation solves uh, inflation, right? <laughs> um, we'll see what goes on out there. Uh, but definitely ARKK is in the battle. Um, we'll, we'll see if this is a bottom put in. There's definitely some bottom on the chart. Now let's see what happens out there with the growth stocks. If they continue down or is there continued kind of the, the value beating, right? Um, but let's go into some other headlines on out there before we get into Christian Fromhertz. If you guys are excited about that, let me know in the chat. We let's love keep, Christian. Of course. Let's go into NIO news. I think that's important definitely to touch. Let's let's go. And this stock is falling on the Grizzly uh, Bear is research report you know that is a target the ev maker this is actually one and and you guys can look at live trading yesterday i was looking at nio for a short didn't get into it and i'm like ah because i saw the news of china you know kind of releasing some of the international travel i had seen this one run for a couple of days now it looked like a, a moment to kind of finally sell the news it was a, a on the rumor moving on up there uh, for reopening and also li came out with the offering yesterday of two billion dollars at the market but what was in the grizzly note in the grizzly note you'll see a lot of comments of what they're, they're talking about first is concerns about cooking the books we've always heard about concerns what? about cooking the books um in in chinese stocks oh, they go a little bit further into this if you guys want to take a look at it i would go into the the research report because it's very long and extensive um they talk about nio's battery asset manager provider and they talking a little bit further on that 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 has happened before um another note in there also includes risk of uh, margin calls um so there's a lot in here i think that you guys need to kind of keep an eye out um they did state about how um in 2019 lee 
uh, transferred 50 million shares to establish a fund to give shareholders greater governance, but then pledged these shares to UBS uh, to secure a personal loan. NIO stock has declined more than 50% since that pledge. And so they believe that an unknowingly exposed uh, investors to a potential margin call here. <coughs> so a lot to kind of mention. I would go into the report, but of course, NIO definitely taking a hit on it. Oh, I just can't touch. I don't know. I'm, I'm not gosh. into the EVs. So why in the hell am I going to buy a China EV? So, well, that's where they sell the most. I mean, so at least they to, say, to that, now that you're case. telling me they're possibly cooking the bucks. But <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm just staying away from, I, if I was buying a China stock and I said, you know, as trades, I think you can on the pullbacks here. Mm-hmm. It'd be Baba. It'd be JD. It'd be Baidu. I'm not going to go any further than that because you get in these smaller ones. You know, I don't want to get DD'd. I don't want to get what was that? What was the Starbucks of China? What the Lucky Coffee? Lucky Coffee, Lucky baby. Coffee. It was not Lucky. Oh God, it wasn't Lucky at all. Yeah. Um, no, what's that's now. like? It's multiple symbols, Mitch. L. Oh, I don't even. I don't L- even look C- at that one something. You, you stay with that one. I, I maybe I the cat. No, I just check one. it out. I love to see bankrupt stocks. See how they <laughs> is it bankrupt? I don't even know what it is. What Dennis, you should did it ever exist? I think it's still on the OTCs. That's what I Joe think it's come on, too. help me out, Chad. I don't want to look too many it up. symbols. Once they're over four symbols, I don't touch them or something. Me too, Dennis. It's hard to remember. Four symbol limit, man. I'm gonna get time, you know. It takes time typing those other symbols, slows you down. I'm in a hurry all the time. Three or four, you got five. I stay away. Five symbols? No, thank you. Simple rules. Going on page six of my trading book. You got more than four symbols, more than four letters in your symbol? Here it is. Not interested. L K N C Y. Thanks, chat. You were really quick on that one. You see, this is why we have to chat. L-K-N-C-Y. I got it up. Beer guys. It says twelve dollars ninety six cents. Little bit. Reverse split or something. That's pretty good. Uh, it it's uh, it's uh, there. You have a long term chart. Show the long term chart. Here's the oh, monthly. Oh, so it's come back. Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it's come back a long ways. I'm actually quite impressed. I would have thought it was a buck. So I don't know. Anyways, they like fake companies apparently. So I don't know. I know nothing about this stock. So yeah, I'm not right. touching it either. I do stay I. Away. Let's move into. Um, what, what do you guys want to touch? Shopify or Bed Bath and Beyond? What do you guys think here? Do Shopify. When's the split? Split's what we're talking about right now. That's what we're split? Right now. Oh, did yeah, we missed this one? It oh, ran up into Shop- it too. Did Shop- it run into it too? Oh a man, ten to yeah. one. It ten sold right off the here, day before, guys. though. I would have been like, if you stuck around too long, it would have been ugly. Look at this. Yeah. Why in the heck do they do that split now? Like the ten for one, it's a naturally split itself. The stock came down. <laughs> what What was the stock price when they announced that for the first time? They should uh, have aborted mission. Let me, let me take a look at that. I'll, I'll try to take a look at that right now. <clears throat> uh, it was a while ago. I'm wondering if it was like nine hundred or a thousand dollars. They announced the split, and then the stock obviously did its own split a couple of times since then. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Canadian Ottawa, darling. I still love the company. The stock price has been nosebleed forever. I will rebuy this stock one day. This is not a zero. I'm going to say it right now. Shopify is not a zero. I'm fairly confident of that. Is it April a $35 13th. stock? Is it a $30, $25? I mean, at a certain point in time, it's going to be a buy. I don't know when that time is. April 13th, Dennis. Is when they did it. So it was in it was 700 bucks. And then <laughs> yeah. it split. So then it split two for one natural pricing action. And then they split her 10 for one. Looks kind of weird. I know, Target I know. P on. It's hard because Shopify is still growing. So you're never going to get Shopify to P of like 20 or 30. If it was a, like a P of even 35, I think I'd back up the truck. But what's the PE on Shopify right now? And the problem is it's just barely making money if it is. Let's go. Let's go to our yeah, trusty Benzinga have... Pro. Let's look up the PE on Shopify. Oh, it's yeah, I have here still. 55. 55. Yeah, and the problem is they're in last in that last quarter they lost money. Oh gosh. So now I don't know. <laughs> 55 is one too high, but then they're losing. I don't know. Get down. Tell me when PE on Shopify is 25. Not like that when the PE is 25. In... So everybody tweet at me. So all my followers, everybody, 
Tweet at me when the P comes down to 25 or 30. Even 30. Tweet at me when it comes down to 30 on Shopify. So if it gets cut uh, in half one more time. Exactly. That's what I was looking at. One more time. One more split. <laughs> 17. Shopify. 17 one more split. around there. 18 bucks. Now we we'll even say 20. There's resistance. We got to buy some Shopify 20 bucks if it gets there. If it ever gets there. There's some consolidation on the next level down right around uh, 17 and 18. So. I could see that happening. I'll oh, you guys, for getting, it. you guys are getting carried away here. Where I do you? Think. Where, where would you buy Shopify? I like the uh, company. I would buy well, it somewhere. It went thirty to forty, so it, if it's gonna hold, it's gonna hold here at thirty-five, right? Um, a monthly low at thirty fifty-three. That was in March of two thousand twenty when you had that low right there, 3053. Um, and then uh, maybe we'll do, uh, maybe we'll do the Amazon trick, right? Cause this is what Amazon did, right? It had the run up into the slit, right? Boom, 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 boom. Then it came all the way back down market dynamics. All right. Yeah. And I got a little rally that <clears throat> really failed miserably. Um, as of right now, Spoos just went red again, Dennis. Holy they are choppy. Shop. There's nothing shop. in there. Nothing There's in nothing there. in there. Dennis, you got to put out some substantial spy bids. price. Oh, gosh. We just had PPI come out. We're not, we're sleeping here, folks. We're too busy talking. Come on, Shopify. Mitch. PPI just came out, and it was 0.1% higher than expected. Shocker. Oh, no, it was GDP. What was it? What, what came out? What came it out? Was PCE. PCE. What the hell? PCE, GP, GDP, PPI. You can tell I'm an economist. Yeah, PCE what came, out? came out here. PCE. We need to know what came out. Prices for Q1, 5.2 versus a 5.1. Estimate prior was a 5.1. Um, and then That was PPI. Look at- that was PCE. I'm PCE, wrong. guys. PCE. I just saw. I was like PCE. scared. PCE. You and guys have it. And then you got a core. GDP number? Getting that out right now here. I'm giving we you guys We have multiple numbers. John yeah, says we're numbers, bad. You yeah. want to know something? I'm going to say it again here. If you're sitting here as an economist trying to predict the markets, you are in the wrong business. I am not an economist. I took eight economics courses. I know nothing about the overall economic data. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But you know what? Right. I've made money every single month in the markets for 22 years consecutively. You can check my records. So, and that's not in my long-term portfolio. That's in my trading portfolio. <laughs> the long-term portfolio P- can obviously go down. So PCE, guys. you PCE. do not need to know economics to be a trader. So put that on page eight. Take your economics numbers and throw them out. All you need to know is CPI or anything that's you know inflationary data. But we see PCE prices. What is PCE? I don't even know what the hell that is. What's P- what is USA Core PCE prices? How is that? What is that? Do we it's, know? It's also a, a measurement of inflation. And there's a couple of measurements of inflation that we kind of rely on. And we do CPI. Do we know what we PCE? I don't even know what it stands for. Chad, help me um, out. Purchase. purchase um, consumer. All right. So it's the... the it's the personal, the personal income and outlays expenditure report. price index. So this it, is new for me. I'm learning something about the economy. It reflects today. the changes in prices of goods and services purchased by consumers in the United States. So essentially, it's the kind of the changing of the pricings of goods and services. Uh, so a lot of people like to use PCE as a little bit more forward-looking than CPI, but of course. That's all, like Dennis just said, it's uh, economists kind of playing that game there. Uh, but pricing here, Q1 5.2 versus a 5.1 estimate. Uh, prior was a 5.1. So it doesn't seem like the estimates were too far off, off by a 0.1. Also for the core um, that it's included there and, and GDP off also by 0.1. Um, I think so, they're lagging, though, man. They're such, you know. Well, supposedly this is a number that the Fed looks at. I'm, I don't yeah, know where I heard they, that, or if I'm making it up. But um, it take. I mean, these numbers. I mean, it, they could. Everybody's could preaching reflecting. that it's the GDP moving the market. Hey, here I'm going to tell you guys something. The market fell four points. None of these market was really leaking before that, that. It was we, leaking we fell way before four that. Points on the S and P. Four points. There's just nothing. We fall in there. forty points. We gotta know what the hell's going on. You fall four points. Oh my gosh, we fell four points. Well, we just rallied twenty-five points on nothing from seven thirty to eight thirty. So we gotta stop worrying. If you're a newer trader, if you're a trader, here, 
gonna one more rant. If you're a trader that makes so much money watching economic data, by all means, continue to do it. But if you're a new trader trying to figure out how to make money in the market and you're looking at economic data to give you buy and sell signals, you are in the wrong business. These economists suck at trading. They're good at you know e- economic stuff, but they suck at trading. So again, make fun of me all you want. You know what? You're going to see my June numbers in two days. They're pretty damn good. So make fun of me all you want that I don't know PCE or I don't care about the GDP. Make fun of me all you want. The number that matters is the CPI. So one thing to talk about on PCE and what does it do is it measures two areas, right? We said the goods and the services. The goods category is in two subcategories. It's in consumer durable goods like long lasting items such as cars and washing machine. And then it has non-durable goods in households which are used quickly like groceries and clothing. Uh, Services are a function of business uh, provides. So households don't have to do with it itself. It's more like government, nonprofit, household workers that also offer services. Um, So we could talk about examples there would be like dry cleaning, yard maintenance, financial services. Um, And personal consumption drives almost 70% of the economic output. That's why they would say this is important here. We started leaking right here, right, folks? That was in like 808, right? Mm -hmm. And there's also no, we did take a spike it. down on the whatever the hell right here, right here. Was. This is eight thirty, so it we did, did have we a move, a, we took a but spike the, down on it. it the meat of the move, points on it. but yeah, the meat of the move was from like eight oh eight, eight oh nine, and uh, as far as the dry cleaning indicator, I mean, I never go there anymore. I mean, I don't wear any any nice clothes. And I, I talked to uh, my guy, we're going to him for like 25, 30 years. He said he's back at, he he's not back at uh, like 65, 70% pre pandemic. He just can't get back because people aren't going into the office and wearing fancy clothes. So that's my, uh, that's my dry cleaner indicator. Shout out to Chris. He's incredible. Um, it's Let's Christian. Christian from we're, song, yeah. yeah. We go to Christian. Uh, I wanted to give him a second. He to wants to talk PCE. So let's so go let, ahead. Let, let's let's, let's bring on Christian Fromhertz, guys. If you guys don't know Christian Fromhertz, I will say definitely give him a follow on Twitter. I've been following him for a while. I watch his daily recaps from Tribeca Trading Group. So let's go ahead. Let's bring on the founder and CEO here, Christian Fromhertz. Welcome to the show. Or welcome back, actually. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're taking doing a great. lot of heat from the yeah. chat. Because yeah. We Can you stick up for us, Christian? Number, <laughs> and they all hate us. They all say we're idiots. So, Christian, please <laughs> bring on some smarter people that know what the hell the PCE is. You said you could talk PCE. They're saying it wasn't even a PCE number. I saw it on CNBC. It's a PCE. So, I guess CNBC is wrong, too. What data came out and talked to us about economics? Because Christian knows a lot more about economics than I do. Well, we had a couple things that uh, that came out, and and I agree with you know basically you know I, I love your your guys' analysis every day. Um, you guys are just on point every day, but this is the one. This is one thing probably I agree about ninety five percent of what you guys say, but I think this is one thing that's the the economics I think are, are actually important, uh, and the reason is is because. Uh, you know what the Fed is doing right now is is really driving the market, right? We know that we've got another Fed meeting coming up where they're looking at 75 basis points. Uh, it's kind of an unknown what they're what they're going to do thereafter with how many how what the speed you know of the increases rate increases and the size of them are going to be after that. So, you know, if you kind of take the next the next. Um, derivation of that is, well, you know, what's driving them to, to increase interest rates, right? And again, you, you, you don't want to fight the Fed, right? Which is, a, which is a famous saying. So I think it's important to, you know, monitor what the Fed is saying and, and, and the speed of, of the increases. But then you take it the next step. Well, what are they watching so closely? They're watching the inflation data, right? That is going to give us some clues about- For sure. You know whether or not they're they're going to be you know if they've got the hammer down on on more rate increases. So uh, it was very difficult. It's always very difficult to listen to um, when there's these cr- uh, congressional testimonies where Powell spoke you know two different days last week um, in front of Congress. It's very noisy. It's the questions that the that Congress uh, you know asks are ridiculous. 
But, you know, and, and that's why, you know, half the time you're, you're sleeping during these things. But if you listen to what um, Powell said, you know, there was a question about inflation. You know, what do you watch? And the number one thing that he said was, I watch the piece, you know, the PCE deflator is something that they closely monitor. I know FinTwit loves the CPI report, but, you know, he said that they also do look at the CPI report. But the but the number one thing that they that they do watch in terms of, infl or you know, in terms of like economic reports, I'm sure they watch other data points. Uh, you know, they probably have a whole bunch of different things that they analyze. But they did say that that the PCE deflator. So we got the quarter, uh, the quarter number today. Tomorrow is the month over month number, which is the sensitive number. So that's tomorrow. And I think tomorrow could really be, you know, it's also it's also quarter end. So I think tomorrow is going to be an interesting day. But if that number comes in, they're looking for a 0.7 tomorrow for the for the PCE deflator. And yes, I think that that's right now. Unfortunately, these are very important things because if that number comes in less than expected, if it happens to come in 0.3 or 0.4, this market's going to take off. If the number comes in um, worse than expected, then you're probably going to see a little bit more of the same. But yeah, the, the market is going to be really, uh, you know, for the next couple inflation reports, uh, that's going to hinge a lot based on, you know, the, the overall direction and, and the risk taking that's going on right now in this market. I don't really think, uh, you know, a lot of big institutions are going to want to uh, you know, really add a lot of risk until they see that until they start to see the inflation start to come in a little bit. Okay, I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, and I think if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know, I'm watching the CPI data. If there was inflationary data coming in, I think it's important. I'm not sure how much the GDP matters right now. That's what broke. That's what you know, why the market went down five points. Um, from my history, I don't look at economic data a lot. But I do. Uh, I have been saying if you've been listening to the show, I'm like major cash until I see the CPI data start to tick down. So I, it's good that you're informing us. We've got to be watching other inflationary data as well. And we're getting a good inflationary data point tomorrow because right now I do believe, you know, you do listen, need to listen to some, you know, to, to the inflationary data. But I just don't sit there on every economic data point and, oh, you know, I got to make my decision now because GDP came out. Well, I, I go back to agreeing with you now because I, yeah, <laughs> GDP is not one. It's, you know, you, if you've taken a basic economics class in college, you know that um, they talk about leading indicators, lagging indicators. The stock stock prices are leading indicators. So that's, you know, number one is that a lot of times we'll see things that are happening in the stock market because it is a leading indicator. GDP is a lagging indicator. So yes, it catches the headlines and people love to talk about what the GDP, but it's it's a lagging indicator. And, and I also agree, like I don't look at every one of the economic data points that comes out. I just, I like to, I pay attention to the ones that I think are really going to move the market. And the inflation data right now is really going to move the market. I agree. I agree with that. So we're back on the same page here, Christian. So, okay, let's <laughs> Good. take it I to like the to stocks. Be on the same page. Let's take it to the stocks because this is a stock trading show. And I got to tell you, uh, they pulled the rug out from this, under this market yesterday. I did not see that coming. I thought we were going to get a little pullback. I thought we were a little overbought. I didn't think we were going to just tune them right up. I mean, there were stocks like Carvana down 25% yesterday. I mean, I didn't see that one coming. What are your thoughts here? I mean, how are you positioning yourself? You've been an excellent trader for a long time, Christian. How are you positioning yourself right now with all this volatility? Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm very nimble, very quick in this market. Uh, it's And it's been... You know, no doubt a very challenging market. You know, we've seen a couple times now we've seen these bear market rallies this year, right? And make no mistake about it, the trend is down, right? And I think everybody's kind of watching every time that we begin to kind of have one of these bear market rallies is, are we going to turn the corner yet? And again, you go back to the Fed, it's going to be very difficult for us to really have this solid footing before the Fed kind of, you know, changes their tone at least about, you know, um, the velocity of the um, the interest rates, but I look for clues. Uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, in terms of different sectors and so forth, which we could talk about a couple of them. But right now, I'm just I'm very nimble. You know, I really am trying. I'm more of a swing trader than a day trader. Yeah. So this market is difficult for me to really position in because the more that we start to, you know, once the market rallies for a couple of days, you start to see this 
better participation. And usually when you start to see more participation and the breadth increasing, uh, you know, in a bull market, those are good things. But in a bear market, it's been very tricky. And when you start to see um, start to see a little bit more setups, they've been traps this year. So, you know, you if you get if you've gotten fooled once or twice, okay, that's fine. But you really have to be careful about getting fooled over and over um, with these bear market rallies, whether or not they're going to actually hold or kind of move back. And I think, you know, for me and how I've been trading this market is I just really try to take a lot of targets. And even if I, you know, these are not targets like, you know, in a, in a bull market where, you know, I'm hitting more doubles, triples, you know, even like a home run here and there, this is a lot of just hitting singles. Market. And, and if you're not, um, you know, taking those profits when they're there, you can have a day like yesterday. And I agree with you. I, I didn't really understand um, the move that, you know, where the bottom just basically fell out. Yeah. And then even in the last couple hours of yesterday, you know, because you, you know, you mentioned that, okay, if, if ARC gets to a level or if, or if this sector gets to a level, you would be a buyer. But it's very difficult yesterday when there's just, there, there was no, you know, move off the lows whatsoever. And it just looked like, um, you know, whoever was kind of selling yesterday wanted the market to close on the very lows. Yeah. And it's just not the situation where, you know, if I would have seen a little bit of buying there in the last half hour, I would have said, okay, let me, you know, you know, let me play a little bit of, of something here and there to kind of, the, you know, to buy the dip a little bit. But I don't like these days where we, we start to go lower. Um, you know, and sometimes it's just a sell program or two, but, you know, yesterday was, was, what we've seen a couple times this year where there's just nobody's buying the dip and there's no appetite yeah, for and they're for selling the and they and you could feel it like when I, I looked at the market uh what's today Wednesday on Monday um you know I had an average daily range projection of like 110 right and that's how much you know including the Globex ranges and at the end of the day there was a 55 point range and that and it was just up and, and it was just basically no one, you know, the bulls were a little, t you know, I'm not really buying big up here, but you know, on the rally, you know, people are like, Hey, we had a rally. Uh, you know, I'm sitting on some nice profits from, uh, you know, the quad witch Friday. And it was just like one of those very indecisive days. I didn't like the price action, the way we ripped up, you know, at last, you know, part of last week, because it would, it just, it was a lot of the move was overnight. So this is the back and fill area. What are you looking at Christian to determine, you know, we had the 36, 39 low, we had the 39, 50 high. I mean, I'm looking at the, uh, the, you know, the 50% retracement that comes in right around 3,800. Also the close last Thursday was 37.99. So a lot of things to me is like, if this market is going to hold, it's going to be, you know, 3,800. So what, what are you looking at to see if we're going back to test the lows or we got to buy the dip opportunity here? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the set. I mean, that that's, you know, I'm, I'm right on with that. Um, I'm right around 3,800 in S&P okay. futures is what I'm watching. And um, I do use an indicator that uses volume at price. That's the top of this week's value area. Uh, and I think that we need to hold that for this week. And, you know, and then, of course, with the S&P, I, I tend to look at at, at um, a couple of different sectors, too, just to say, is anything kind of changing in terms of risk on risk off and so forth? Um, you know, one one of the areas that I thought was really different over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, because it, it, it wasn't the defensive areas that were, you know, holding up very well. There was things like biotech that that I thought was yep. very interesting because biotech was one of those sectors that that I think, uh, you know, can move first or one of the first uh, moves when you, when you have a risk on or risk risk off move. Biotech was one of the first areas that really ran into problems last year. And I like the fact that it rallied hard off the, you know, off the lows last week. And, you know, I'm watching, um, I'm watching XBI, which is the equally weighted ETF. And yeah. I would love to see this hold, you know, it's back above its 50 day moving average. I would sure. love to see this hold the 50 day moving average. I think that would be very constructive for the market if, if biotech, you know, and, and again, bio, uh, the XBI is equally weighted. So it's, the small names too. It's not just the larger names and not just the big pharma names that are in there. Uh, but I, I think if something like biotech holds, 
Um, I, I think that this market may start to change a little bit. Um, if it doesn't, and if it starts to kind of break down again, then you know we've got more of the same and, and maybe the lows aren't in for the year. But I think if something like that can hold, I think that's very constructive. And then outside of the US, um, you know, the Chinese internets look like they've bottomed for the year, right? And they've been showing all kinds of relative strength. Now they're in a different cycle than the US and that's, that could be why that they're, that they're showing that relative strength. But I really like what's going on in that group as well. All right, now um, one thing that I know Christian does always, guys, is definitely stay up with his uh, kind of recaps because he definitely checks out relative strength. So I'm going to go to you, Christian. What do you think about how energy is bouncing back here? Um, I know that some names might interest you more than others. I'll let you go ahead and do that. Um, but I, I'm playing right now XOM, just full disclosure. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens with energy. Do you feel this was more a correction? Uh, bounce back that has an opportunity to continue rallying or do you see it as kind of demand destruction out there? Well, so that's a, that's a really great question. And, and, you know, sometimes what I tend to do after you've had a move in XLE, which was up at 92 and it, it really kind of got hit harder than I, than the previous dips, you know, there's been a couple dips in, in energy this year and every time it's kind of come back in and checked into the 50 day moving average and bounce, it's been very methodical. This looked a little bit different to me where we really kind of, you know, there was a big um, profit taking and selling going on in energy. So I usually let, once that happens where it looks like it's a little bit of a different dip to me than what we've seen so far, I kind of just, I like to let the dust settle a little bit, you know, and just give it some time. Um, I do like what's going on with oil, um, not for inflation purposes, but I do like in terms of for, for the energy sector, I do like um, what's been going on with oil the last couple of days. And um, in that, in the area that I'm, that I'm looking at, I like, um, I'm looking at the refiners, which were the, the, you know, one of the strongest groups in the energy. So I'm looking at P PSX, so that's Phillips. And um, that looks to be, I, I like Valero as well, but I, I think Phillips 66 is showing um, some strength. And I'm looking at actually adding along as long as it stays above 88.50, right? And again, everything with this market, going back to you know what you guys asked me a few minutes ago, you have to have an out in every one of your trades yeah. right now. Always. You cannot... Here Christian, yeah. here's the difficult thing, though, with this market, and this is why I'm doing very little swing trading this year. I had a great year, 2020, 2021 swing trading. I'm almost all active day trading now, and my swing trading account, I'm just day trading it. So it's so difficult because, like, I'll put on a swing trade, and I'll, I'll be the first to say it. You know, I benefit, you know, I'm mainly, you know, I'll do shorts and longs, but for the most part of my swing trading, it's biased long. You get stopped out of everything. It just seems like yeah. in this market... Like you're, we're risk managers and I, you know, you are as well. And that's what I am at, at the core, but you know, day trading with shorter time price targets, you're good. But it seems like once you hold anything for two, three days, it seems like you just get stopped out of everything. And I'm finding like 90% of my swings I'm getting stopped out on. So I'm just laying off the swings for now. There's like a good, you know, and you were saying it before, it's a good environment for swing trading. There's a not so good environment for swing trading. When we're going like this, when you're a risk manager, you're getting stopped on everything. How do you not get stopped out on everything? I do. Um, I do get stopped out. And and, that, and that's, you know, so it is what it is. And, you know, yeah. I think it's about it's your position size is important. I keep going back and forth because, again, it's it's I agree very much about how difficult it is to swing trade. So my cash balance in my trading account has been going from 80 percent to like 95. But so I'm not you know going in back into the market like 50 percent i'm really just playing with like 10 or 15 percent of my overall account and putting on a couple swing trades there my position size is much less than it normally is but um yeah i mean then that and like on a day like yesterday you you really have to have tough skin in this market and yeah i got stepped out in in like three or four you know trades and and thank goodness it was three or four trades that i had already taken like two or three targets in like i was yeah. in dq right so i had already taken two or three targets this is, that's a that's a chinese solar company but I had, I had already taken two targets in that so i'm like okay i gotta take the last 
piece off for a little bit under just barely under my cost basis but you really have to monitor things very closely you there's no in this market if you're going to be relaxed you're going to have um you know bad very bad days but if you keep you know if you keep bringing up your trailing stops right so if a trade is working for you for a yeah. couple of days you ha you have to bring up that trailing stop and say okay i'm out as soon as it gets it gets there um, because if, if you sit and you're like, oh, I'm going to monitor how the day progresses, like there was no bottom to yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can't do that. Um, so if you're going to, if you're going to play in the sandbox of swing trades, you've got to do things like put alerts at your cost basis, bring up your, your trailing stop. And that's the only way to do it right now, to be able to kind of survive and advance and get on to maybe greener pastures in the second part of this year. Definitely couldn't say Great it better. Uh, that's definitely what I see also in swing trading right now. And uh, being quicker to the profits right now isn't uh, a yeah. bad thing. I've seen yeah. Yeah, you also make some of those moves, Christian, just be like, well, uh, you got to take the profits when the profits are there, and especially in this market. But uh, yeah, like and, always and, and make it and, you know, and make it constantly make adjustments. I mean, there you, you go. Can't, you can't just as Dennis was saying, you can't trade the you know what your system was a year ago. You have had to kind of change and, and move along with you know sure. what we've seen this year. Yep, definitely. You always got to have some tools in the toolbox. And if you guys want some more tools in that toolbox, definitely check out Tribeca Trading Group with Christian Fomhertz. Appreciate you coming on. And like always, guys, give him a follow. I did put his Twitter in the description below, so you guys can go ahead and just click on it and get that follow. Thank you, Christian, for coming on, and we'll have you back on. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right, Learned guys. so much from Christian. I mean, he's so level-headed. He's so professional all the time. Very, One yep. of our best guests. And, you know, I go on my rants, and I'm kind of all over the place sometime, you know, scatterbrain uh, to a certain extent. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he, he just made so many good points there. One, you know, obviously, you know, it's been a difficult environment for swing trading. Two is there is importance in some of the economic data right now, which I should say is, you know, the inflationary stuff. You can't just poo-poo it all. And, you know, you know, sometimes I just, my mouth runs off and you start saying stuff, which you really don't, you know, which, you know, I do mean. I mean, I'm not making money off economic data, but I do respect the CPI data right now. Yeah. Anything inflationary data. And, and he's giving us other important numbers too, like tomorrow. So, I mean, there there's so many good points that Christian makes and he's humble too. And that's the one thing I love about him too. He's not coming on here and you know just telling us how he's you know kicking ass and taking names. He's humble as well. So thanks, Christian. I know if you're still listening, um, you yeah. know you're one of the people I follow on Twitter, and um, it's very important to you know listen when you got you know good people like Christian come on the show. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. with the economic data, it changes over time. Remember that we were focusing on the unemployment number for a long time, and that you know, and uh, back in the real old days, people used to you know focus on the money supply, and that was something actually that I heard Jeremy Siegel talk about yesterday. You know, that's you know just pulling you know if the money supply shrinking, then you know that that's a good thing. That's what the Fed's trying to do. But uh, it's it's the economic data. You know, following it is important. We get the eight thirty numbers we'll be more we'll be more heads up on that uh Mitch, well we, we dropped the ball on that ball number on, that. on gdp we did 100 got a nasty email from somebody right now saying about that we missed that get nasty emails but we Not do get tweets. a lot we get a lot of good emails too though so it seems like and this is something i learned back from, give you a quiznos lesson here you know obviously i've done some very bad investments people say i don't lose i lost bad on a quiznos investment uh back 20 years one ago. more quiznos story but they I tell me one thing and they did say this, that nine, so nine out of 10 customers that have a good experience will say nothing, but the other, somebody has a bad experience, they, okay, I've even said this wrong. 90% of customers that have a good experience usually say nothing about it, but 90% of customers that have a bad experience almost always say something about it. So it's like when we get, you know, when we screw up on this show, they let us know, man. Like people will literally reach out to say how stupid I am. And I've got to understand that a lot of times people, you know, there's a lot of listeners here that actually do appreciate the show that actually do come to listen to us every day that, you know, but when you get these nasty emails like Joel just got, or you get, you know, the nasty Twitter messages, which, you know, if I say something negative about Bitcoin, a thousand of them come at me. It's like, it's hard to just turn it off and, and ignore it. But sometimes I just got to say to myself that, there is people out there 
that I actually do appreciate the show. I mean, we've been going for seven years, you know, it gets five, six, seven thousand views a day for a reason. So I don't think the show is trash, like multiple people have said here today. I mean, there's been a probably half dozen people in the chat that says the show is trash. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that do appreciate the show as well. Don't so listen. it's hard, though, as you know, you're always taking in feedback and, you know, the, the negative feedback, you always critique yourself, too. Right. You know, like I know I'm a pretty good trader, a day trader. I've made money my whole trading life off of it. Do I know that I'm a good commentator in the markets? I mean, me and Joel, I think we've gotten better. You know, we did some voice coaching. We started this seven, eight years ago, and we were terrible when we started this, like trying to talk the markets. You know, I went on CNBC, if you want to see something funny, in 2010. All right, I'm my, gonna hop. my earpiece I'm fell, gonna... fell out. Right. Remember, it's my earpiece, earpiece fell out of my ear. I couldn't hear what they were saying, and I'm literally sitting there, and I had no idea how to even speak. And I was nervous. My heart was racing. It was a mess. And, it, and I, I got on there twice. In both interviews, I was just a mess on it. And I think it's a big reason why I never, ever got invited back because I, I got on stage too soon before I was prepared to do it. Okay, I I gotta, got I'll, I'll catch chance. you guys in a little bit. Yeah, go, Joel. So, I mean, are we good commentators? Do we always say the right thing on the show when it's a live one-hour show? Does Mitch always say the right thing on the show? Did we drop the ball in the 830 number today? Absolutely. We're not going to be perfect. We're trying here, though. I mean, the show is free. We're trying. We're trying to educate traders. Um, I don't know how good of a teacher I am, but I know I'm a pretty good trader, so I try to pass on those thoughts. I think somebody like Christian um, is an excellent teacher as well, and you know I can learn from those skills as well. So I think I don't have the patience to teach sometimes. So, but Mitch, I'll throw it back to you. I know we're running overtime here, so. Yeah, there was a lot of topics we didn't get into today. I uh, definitely wanted to touch uh, a couple topics, but I'll let Dennis go get ahead and get on out of here. Uh, you can go ahead and get into your trading. Do what you do best, Dennis. Get back it's into that. It's been a tricky market. I'm just going to say, like, you're going to read on Twitter again. I'd say it one more time. People on Twitter, they never lose money. People on Twitter, you know, like, aren't humble. People on Twitter like to brag because they're not confident enough in their own trading. They need to hear it from you to make them feel better about themselves. So don't believe everything you read on Twitter. I'm telling you this year, as traders, there's a lot of traders getting absolutely crushed. And if you're down in your trading account, you're like, what's wrong? It's a difficult trading environment. Christian Frommer said it. It's a difficult swing trading environment. I do pretty good in this choppy environment because it's my style. Buy, dip, sell, rips, chop. I kind of do okay in this. But there's certain markets that I don't do that well in either. So, I mean, it's like the swing trading. I've backed right off on it because it's not working right now. So I'm doing very few swing trades, both sides, short side, long side. So don't get frustrated. Stick to it. Better markets are ahead. We're not always going to be in a bear market. We're not always going to be in this chop fest. We'll have more trending markets. Swing trading will come back into favor. So just stick with it. Get smaller. Get you know nimble when it's not working for you. But stick with it. You know, and and eventually we get into better markets. All right, Dennis, you have a good one. Go ahead and get into the markets and do what you do best, Dennis. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping on up here. Uh, like always, guys, you guys can come on over to live trading. We'll touch some tickers, touch some more headlines. Um, one of the things that we've been focusing more is on the macro. So sometimes we aren't going to get to all the micro stuff that are out there, guys. But like always, you guys can definitely give your feedback and, and let us know. Hit the comments after the show. What do you want to see more or less of? That's what this show is about also is you guys can run the show also. Um, trying to do my best to get through all the topics. Sometimes, uh, yeah, got to get a little bit more on ranging these guys in a little bit more. But, hey, that's I let these guys go. I let them be transparent. Let them be fooled to their comments. And one thing I will try to do for you guys is try to get to some more topics. I have heard uh, that feedback before. And the only thing I can do is just keep giving you guys the headlines. And if you guys want to keep up with all the headlines, I recommend you go towards Stock Market Movers also. That's a show at 1 p.m. Eastern, and I touch them all. I sometimes touch 15, 17 topics on that show. And the reason why is we don't get more in-depth. And here we get a little bit more in-depth, talk about uh, the market. Dennis gives us his a lot of his informational edge that he's seeing out there by trading consistently throughout the after hours and, and kind of the pre-market hours. So like always, guys, smash the thumbs on up. Come on over to live trading. We can touch some other topics. We can go into uh, Triple BY, what's going on there. We can talk FedEx. Um, and of course, 
stay tuned 9 a.m i know powell is supposed to be speaking so uh, uh if you see the market coming down right now powell is supposed to be speaking so maybe that was what started the drop in the first place i know that that was dropping the european markets lower ahead of the comments so could be fed chair powell knocking us down also a little bit further we'll see what happens hit the thumbs on up Come on over to live trading, and I'm going to get into some swing trading action. I got a swing trade on. I'm going to keep doing more swing trading. That's why I like Christian Fromhertz because he trades very similar to the way that I like to look at the markets, which is focusing on rotation. Where is the relative strength? Finding those setups and trying to stay with the herd, try to stay with the money flowing. Um, let's go ahead. Let's get into it. Give me a thumbs on up. Let me know what you guys want to see more or less of. And now let's go over to, of course, live trading action. Let me make sure the redirect is set to that. Boom. Got it here. All right. I'll see you guys on over at live trading. You guys come join us with, of course, Lord Ryan Zunaid and I. Let's get to it. 